everyone. Welcome to the Deliberately Better podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Damon Ashworth, and today I am joined by Dr. Aaron Todd. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks. Thanks for having me. To begin with, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work that you do? So I'm a clinical psychologist, and I guess I've been practicing for about 15 years, mainly in the public health system. So I've sort of had experience with people across the lifespan. So I worked with adult mental health and adolescent and young adults. And for the past decade, really working in children's hospitals, working with children and families with medical issues. Uh, more recently, I've added sort of more that health interest to my practice. And I've done some extra training in functional medicine health coaching, which is essentially um, being a coach around people's health. So whether that's helping to improve their health due to an illness or helping someone find sort of their optimal health so they can have more energy. But it's all related, I guess, to the, where the person is at. And as I've got that psychological skill and background, I guess you could say I'm a lot more focused on the science of changing behaviour and the, and the mindset and the emotions that go with it. I've also started branching out into an online private practice as well. So that's sort of something that I'm working on too at the moment. Great. What would you say led to your interest in psychology? I sort of happened to fall into it in a way. I actually did a degree in zoology in Otago University when I was in New Zealand. And I just needed a couple of papers to make up the course points. And I decided to take some psychology papers. And I did. I really enjoyed them. And I actually ended up staying on another year just to do a few more psychology papers. But then I sort of had the break and I worked overseas and lived overseas for a few years and, and just always had that pull to come back to psychology. So I then did my honours in New Zealand and my doctorate at the University of Melbourne. It does really interest me, like sort of that balance between working with the science around behaviour change and managing emotions, but also sort of tailoring that with the, the individual person in front of you. You know, a lot of my work's been with people facing a health crisis. And I think to assist people through these things, it's just really meaningful work as well. So it's sort of that always learning, interested in, in people as well. I think it's a good balance for some of the scientific knowledge as well. Yeah, obviously, you know, there's a lot of people that, that talk about wanting to, to change a behavior, wanting to change a habit, and they'll start out and it'll be great for maybe a week or five days, but then it kind of just goes away. I've heard that you've created a course to to help people make those behavioural change or, or habit changes a bit longer. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, the course is called How to Create Habits for Health. And so essentially it's a, it's a practical course to help people make the changes that they want in their life and around their health. It uses different frameworks, which include positive psychology, so strengths that people can take advantage of, uses the behavioural change science, sets action plans and goal setting, and also problem solving throughout that. Mm -hmm. And the aim of it really is to help empower people to take control over their, their own health. In terms of the more detailed aspect of it, it's actually set up in seven modules. And the introduction module is sort of setting the scene and looking at why people want to make the change and what resources they have. And then it's got sort of five modules that incorporates some of those um, things that I was talking about, but focus on, on a different area of health. So it will be about reviewing the action plans, learning new information about a different aspect of health, 
and then helping a person formulate their own action plan. And then if things aren't working as well, using problem solving techniques to adjust it, to tailor it specifically for that person. So the modules have videos, also audio files associated with that in case people wanted to listen to things sort of on the go or driving or something. They have handouts, they have worksheets that people to complete and fill in. And there's also a lot of assistance in there. Like if people are struggling to really set a goal and make a plan, then I've got a, um, a worksheet and outline of suggestions. So you, people can just use that or tailor it to fit their life. And so essentially the overall goal is to give a framework on how to make changes for their own situation. It's probably a commitment of about 30 minutes each week. Each module is released separately. And so that's watching the videos and doing the worksheets and setting the goal. With the idea that you practice that change that you've created in the week, the way I'm sort of set it up is that that practice isn't very time consuming, it's integrating it into your life. So I've tried to make the time commitment not huge for people as well, which I think is important in this day and age. Definitely. Everyone's so time poor already. What would you say are the, the main differences between your course and maybe some other ones out there on behavioral change? Yeah, I think when I've looked at some of the other courses, I feel like some of them can be quite prescriptive. So sort of telling people what to do and eat this and do this for exercise. Whereas mine is more about giving a framework to make it fit for their life so they can tailor it around exactly what's going to work for them. I think the other difference is what I've tried to do in this course as well is increase and widen people's sort of definition of health. Often it's food and exercise that people sort of immediately think about when it comes to health, which are obviously really important. But the different modules I've added are things like looking at how we sleep, which I think many people are sort of starting to figure out that's really important for our health and mm -hmm. learning more and more about what is actually happening when we sleep. I introduce things like stress management and how people manage their stress, as well as things like kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. And these are all factors that there's a good research base out there that show that they impact both your physical and your emotional health. And then I've also tried to be clear about the science behind it. So there is a lot more science around behavior change coming out and sort of books associated with that. So I've referenced some of those books and included some of that science in the way that I've, I've tried to set up the course. Okay, what would you say as some of the best books for people that might wanna read a bit more about how to change a habit? Well, one of the books that I have used is called Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything. And that's by uh, BJ Fogg. So he's he's been a behavior change researcher for a while. He's probably one of the one of the go-to people that I have sort of referenced as well. Have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? I haven't read it, but I a friend has read it and had recommended it as well. But there is that book as well. I haven't read the one by BJ Fogg, but I thought James Clear was really good. He's a blog yeah. writer, so he writes in a really engaging way. But he just really nicely summarizes, you know, if you want to build a positive habit, here's what you do. And if you want to cut out maybe a negative behavior, here's what you can do. So I like that he breaks it down and looks at those two things. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's part of it, isn't it? It's having that framework and plan yeah. um, to be able to go forward and, and sort of having a clear pathway to do that. Yeah. So if somebody came into you and they're like, I, I really want to build, build a habit, you know, what would you suggest? What are some of the best ways to introduce a new habit? 
I think there's a few key things to do that. And so I think one of it is to be clear about why you want to change. I think that can be sort of help get you a bit motivated to do it, being clear about your goals. I think one of the things to look at is to start really small and integrate it into your daily life. So it becomes a routine and it it's not, doesn't take you a lot of effort to do it. And also starting small doesn't mean that you're overwhelmed by a lot of things. The other thing that I think is sometimes neglected is looking at the environment that you're in. So changing the environment around you to set up healthy habits. And the other thing I think to really is to reinforce the change. So often that can be just done by having some positive emotions around change or congratulating yourself and celebrating your success. And I also think mindset does come in to be important. So looking at what you're telling yourself and that self-talk, it can come, sometimes get quite critical and that's not, not going to be helpful. No, definitely not. And that environment one's so important. I mean, I'm in stage four lockdown in Melbourne, so I can't really go anywhere. And I know that especially during this time, because I can be a bit bored, uh, if I have junk food in the house, I'm probably going to eat it. So I'm really trying to minimize how much biscuits or chocolate or things I have. And then it means that I'm less likely to just do that because I'm bored. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing that people talk about is sort of when they're changing the food that you're eating is really one of the first steps is to clean out the cupboards a bit. So it's just not something that you can walk in the kitchen and just have. With exercise, are there any tips for, for people if they did want to get into a, a routine there? Or? I think, again, it's that starting small and it's um, often linking it to something else. Some of that could be doing a couple of sit-ups when you get out of bed in the morning or it could be about looking at the resources around you for instance if you're a busy mom with a couple of kids and you're maybe stuck in the house a bit you could link something like having a, a bit of a dance party every day to something you do before dinner or something so each day you might you get pick a song and then your kids pick a song and then you have just use three minutes of sort of dancing around the house and with that, that uses some of the things that I was talking about in terms of just starting really small. It's having a time and a place that it happens. You know, it could be quite fun. I think the kids would probably be help you be accountable for it as well. So it's using the resources around you and the things that can help you. But I think it's just starting small and doing something really regular. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I've wanted to run for a number of years. I tried to do it. And I noticed that, you know, I'd sign up to fun runs with my brother and <laughs> with cousins and I'd do the run, but I could never really get into a consistent routine with it, especially outside of those times. And that was because it really wasn't that fun. But, you know, if it's about playing basketball with my friends, I'll never put that off. Eventually, I kind of just gave up and running and said, why, why do that when I can just play sport and enjoy it? Why keep pushing myself to do something that I'm never going to enjoy probably? Yeah, some of that fun and that enjoyment and doing it things with other people are such big motivators to, to do these things too. What would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make then when they're trying to change a habit? That's a good question. Look, everyone's different, but I think generally, and when I say people, I mean myself included, is that generally people do that. They have this idea, they want to get motivated to do something, they set all these big goals and they're really motivated at the time they set the goals. But then the problem is that motivation is really unreliable. Mm -hmm. So they create something that they want to do based on uh, something that's unreliable and impacted by so many things. Then what can happen too is when we don't 
do what we said we were going to do. We beat ourselves up a bit and go, oh, I can't do it. It's terrible. But what's actually the problem is not the person, it's the system that was set up. Mm-hmm. So to set something up that relies on something so unreliable like motivation is sort of setting ourselves up to fail sometimes. So it is about creating that that system that is going to work, that is on that day-to-day basis. And by all means, if one day you're much more motivated than next, do more on that day. But then if you're not as motivated the next day, then you've got those habits that are ingrained into your lifestyle that are sort of keeping you going all the time. And I think one of the other mistakes is that environmental thing, is that we actually don't set up the environment very well for us. And then therefore it re- relies on even more motivation, which again is unreliable. And is that why you'd say that New Year's Eve resolutions often don't work for people? Yeah, I think it's a similar thing. We have all these big ideas, we try and make big changes, and that's really just not how change happens usually, especially not when we're doing the changes. I mean, there is a lot of information that talks about how unsuccessful setting New Year's resolutions actually is. Yeah, and I really think it is because people kind of reflect on every aspect of their life and they say, here are the seven things I'm going to do and I'm going to do one hour of exercise a day and I'm going to meditate for half an hour every day. And then you look at it and you say, well, hang on, how much spare time do you actually have and what's a priority? And if you cut that down to maybe the one or two most important ones and you stuck with that first until that became a habit and then you moved on to the others, eventually it might be possible across a year. But if you're trying to do all seven at once, it's just never going to be sustainable and then you just give up on it all. And it just becomes too much. Yeah. So what do you see are maybe the biggest barriers that prevent people from trying to change their habits? One of the barriers is sort of that, I guess, lack of knowledge around um, how change happens and therefore it's not put into place. So I think if people had a little bit more um, knowledge and sort of education around that, then I think it would be useful. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's that mindset stuff as well. We've tried to change before, but it hasn't worked, so I'm not going to try. Or, you know, if if change doesn't happen straight away, then there's that, oh, what's the point? Whereas actually, if you've tried to change something and hasn't worked, that's some really good information to work on and think about, well, why hasn't it worked and how can I make it work for me? So I think some of that sort of problem solving and being able to reflect, people sort of forget about it, sort of try something once and sort of it becomes a bit hard and then giving up. But that's such good information there. I'm not sure if reflection is really a skill that a lot of people are taught that much, whether it's after they've had a good thing or a bad thing. No, exactly. And I think it's something particularly in the psychology training. It's something that is taught and explicitly taught and retaught and it's part of our practice as well. Mm. That's what helps us make better practitioners to reflect on what went well and what didn't go well. It's not a reflection on the people of who we are or anything. It's just trying to to learn to make things a bit better for us as well. Carol Dweck, she spoke a lot about like a fixed versus a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is where you believe that you can't change and that maybe personality or intelligence or other things are always just going to be this way. So you might tell yourself, I'm just not somebody who does exercise or I'm not somebody who eats healthily. Is there any way to kind of switch that to a growth mindset where you do believe that change is possible? Are there any tips for that? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that some people do do that a bit more naturally than others. But I think partly the first step is being aware of that. Because some people will just have those thoughts about 
well, I'm not a creative person or I'm not that kind of person or I'm not good at public speaking. And therefore it sort of prevents them moving. So I think the first step really is being a bit more aware of that. Once you become a bit more conscious, then there's ways to sort of manage that thought and sort of stop yourself. I mean, the, the other thing is also getting sort of that accountability or support, whether it's from a coach or a therapist to sort of help manage that mindset as well. I do think the first step is awareness and where things are getting in the way. So let's say that, you know, someone did do your course and they're, they're trying to put some habits into place and they get stuck. Is there any option to get extra support from you if they need it? Yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm opening or have opened an online practice. So I have all the information on, on my website, erintodpsychology.com.au. And so they can book individual appointments as well. And can you explain a little bit about what compassion is and how that differs from kindness and how that might be helpful as well? There is a lot of research out there. And essentially kindness is sort of um, being nice to someone else in a way. And it doesn't even necessarily be something that happens to you. Like um, there has been research that talks about if someone goes out there and just starts noticing people being kind in the environment, then it has a bit of a ripple effect and then they feel a bit better about themselves and they end up being kinder to the others. Mm -hmm. I think there's that separate separation between, I guess, kindness and what I talk about in the course is that self-compassion. So essentially being able to be kind to yourself. And that can be really difficult for people. In some of the work that I've done, I've found that people have they find it much easier to be kind and compassionate to other people than they do themselves. People often describe this sort of inner critical voice that they, they sort of feel like it's true. So I think it's about being, again, being aware of that and being able to turn some of that kindness that you have towards yourself. And, and that, that can help the reflection process as well and, and not being so hard on yourself. And there is, um, there is evidence that talks about that kindness and self-compassion can actually, as well as helping us on a, an emotional level, it actually has been shown to help things like our blood pressure and physical aspects as well too. Wow. And what would you hope would be like the main objectives for people that go through or where, where would you hope that they get to by the end? By the end of the course? Yeah. I guess what I would hope is that there would be some shifts in their their day-to-day habits, that people would have a framework to be able to make change in the moment plus in the future. So it's not sort of not just about, oh, let's make some change and increase our exercise. Mm -hmm. It's being able to reflect on, well, what changes do I need to make and how can I start to make them? And then if you want to make changes in the future, you already have that framework. I mean, the course itself, it's seven weeks and it has got a number of topics. So at the end of that seven modules, they may not have made change around everything, but if they've made change around a few things and they can keep that going, the the course is available. Once you purchase it, you can always have access to it. So they could always go and reflect on it. The other thing that I've done is added some specific ideas about resources for further reading if they want to really explore a topic. If they want to sort of, after the course, just focus on changing their sleep, and there can be lots and lots of things you can do to help change and improve your sleep, then maybe they, they want that to be their focus for the next few months, or maybe they want to learn more information about that. So there's that opportunity as well. I think in terms of where people want to be, it's going to depend on a little bit of how they come into it. If, if, they, if they have a lot of this knowledge, 
it's maybe more about sort of following a bit of a structure and then being able to improve what they want to improve versus maybe some of this is quite new for people and they could do it a couple of times to go through or revisit. And it does also depend on what they want to get out of it. So that's where it's that, that really personal tailored approach as well, which I think is really important. For sure. But if they do want to potentially you know, develop a new habit, whether it comes to their diet or exercise or sleep, or even just how they manage stress or how they treat themselves, then it'd be worth looking at it. And then hopefully it can start to build some of those sustainable habits for the future. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's that self-compassion stuff. Like it's about starting small and building on that. If you're struggling with some things, it's just about working on that. But I think the idea is that, you know, there are so many health messages out there. It can be really overwhelming. So I'm hoping that this course will just bring it back to sort of the basics to for people to start small and really build on some of that stuff. Sounds great. So if people want to sign up or they want to find out more, uh, where can they go again? Yeah, so the course itself, um, there is a link on my website. So I think I said it was erintodpsychology.com.au. There's also some links and I have an Instagram account, which is erintod underscore psychology. And the course itself is $149, but I have an opening special for September and you can put the coupon code HABIT30 and you'll get $30 off. So that makes it 119 So it can be mainly through my website and my website's got my email as well in case anyone wants to contact me directly and if you did want to book in it has a booking system all through the website as well thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today i, I think it is a, a really valuable course and i hope that if people can know how to build a successful habit I, I can't imagine how much that could help them for the rest of their lives yeah i mean i hope so and i really wanted to find other ways to get more of that information out there and help people so thanks for having me on your podcast. It's been great. Not a problem. All the best.